Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. Today's interview is with Rick Perrault. Rick is the co-founder and CEO of Unbounce, a software platform that enables marketers to create, publish, and test landing pages. The company was founded in 2009 and is based in Vancouver, Canada. Now, Rick is a first-time entrepreneur who took a pain that he was having as a marketer with landing pages and decided to go solve that problem for himself. We talk about how Rick did customer development to validate his business idea well before most people even knew what customer development was. And we also talk about how being non-technical actually turned out to be an asset for Rick and how it helped him to be more successful in building the business. Unbounce has gone from zero revenue to over $7.2 million this year. And we talk how he and his co-founders took that journey and why charging more for their product was one of the smartest decisions they ever made. With that, let's bring on Rick. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you, Omar. Thanks for having me. Now, before we talk about Unbounce, tell me a little bit more about you personally. Who, who is Rick when he's not working? Oh, who is Rick when he's not working? I think I'm still an entrepreneur, but I, though I, I spend my time in a garden trying to grow to the perfect tomato. Uh, so when I'm, uh, and it also allows me to actually still think about Unbounce, but just yeah, getting my hands dirty. Uh, so it's uh, something my wife and I like to do. Have you found that perfect tomato yet? Uh, no, I'm still working on that. <laughs> Tom- okay. Growing tomatoes is actually quite hard. I, I, I have no idea about that. <laughs> okay, now before we dive into more details, we like to kick things off with a success quote to mm-hmm. better understand what drives and motivates our guests. What is one of your favorite quotes? I have, you know, I worked for I worked for a gentleman that... Uh, his office was pretty Spartan and he had on his whiteboard, he, he, for years, the three or four years that I worked for him, it's, he had the words unrelenting razor focus. And that was a reminder to him every day to just, you know, stay focused on what was really important. And that was actually the only thing I ever saw on his whiteboard. And that was something that stuck with me as we, as I moved on in in my career afterwards is, you know, to really kind of uh, stay really focused on what was really important. And I think that's, uh, and to some degree has really been helpful during my journey at Unbounce. So let's start by giving our listeners a better understanding of Unbounce. Who are your target customers and what are the pain points that you're trying to solve? Uh, I'm the target customer. Uh, in fact, that's how we got to where we are today. Uh, Back in, you know, I had the privilege early on in my career working with some really smart marketers who realized or who knew that if we would send targeted traffic to a landing page, a dedicated landing page, as opposed to just some generic web page, generally your homepage, your conversion rates would be much higher. How unfortunately, though, those were back in the days, and to some degree, that's still the case today, where the website was not the domain of marketing. It was, you know, it was controlled by the IT web developers. And so as a marketer, we would have to go outside our department to get landing pages made for campaigns and, um, and you know, go work with our IT department. So I, I, I'm sure you can appreciate how challenging that would be because IT works much, much differently than marketing does. 
And uh, so that was actually something I saw time and time again, um, everywhere I went. And at one point I realized, you know, I just need this tool that does, you know, drag and drop, add an image, add some text, add my call to action and boom, publish it live. Don't have to talk to anybody. Something as easy to use as MailChimp or WordPress. Um, yeah, I just, it needed to be simple. And that was really the pain I I had and went out to solve. When I went out to solve it, I thought there must have been a solution out there. So I reached out to my marketing peers that I had worked with at some point or I knew. And they all said the same story. It's like, nah, it's this big pain point and we haven't found anything. We've got to work with developers or we hire an agency and it's really expensive. Uh, so I, I just got the same story over and over and over and when I looked out at the marketplace, the only thing that there were pieces in the enterprise market of enterprise CMSs that solved a little bit of what I was trying to achieve. Uh, but, you know, any company that doesn't have a, their pricing page on their, on their website is probably well out of range of what we were looking for. And hence, that's really where the, the, the idea for Unbounce came about. You know, I, I'm so tired of of people asking me what landing page software they should use tell tell me why people should pick unbalance over the other options that are out there uh i think flexibility um you know i I certainly when we went out to build unbalance one of the things that the pains we had or i had early on was actually i really wanted something i'm actually designer by trade so it was really important to me that I had the flexibility to build something really beautiful, create something right from scratch if need be, not not working with a rigid template system, uh, but something like a blank canvas and then create something that really matched the brand, uh, you know, our brand. And that was that was actually, you know, something that was, we you know, we started with that premise. And that's actually something that's, uh, I think separated us to some degree from a lot of uh, companies that we've seen that are out there today. Um, but I think more importantly, I think something that we've done really well is, is actually focusing on building a kind of this really good holistic experience. So not just with the software, but with our support uh, and our educational material, every touch point with Unbounce, you know, we really strive to make that a really delightful experience um and we've invested a lot in our you know a customer success team that you know if anybody who's listening that is an unbounced customer who've ever had to get support can testify um that our team you know is definitely you know very fast turnaround for support and very helpful um you know so that's 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 the complete package i think is um something we've invested in. And I think that's, that definitely sets us apart uh, from a lot of solutions that are out there. So what were you doing when you um, came up with this idea or, or had this need for this software? Um, working in, uh, in a marketing department, needing landing pages. Uh, yeah. I, you know, working on, you know, I spent uh, prior to Unbounce, I, you know, I worked in-house mostly for other marketing teams, uh, generally more on the creative, the web aspect, the creative side. So responsible for the design and the performance of landing pages, websites, and um, generally the, you know, the overall creative direction of uh, a campaign. Uh, I was, I worked my way up 
through the kind of design field uh, into a creative director position. And that's what I had done for a long time. And that's where I had seen, you know, had the need and kind of worked with people who were actually really, really smart and were realized that landing pages just work really well. So um, that's really how I came through here. I'm, you know, I've never been an entrepreneur before. This is actually, a, I, I had a need, went out to solve it. And that's, that's really what, uh, how I got to where we are today. So, so what happened? Were you, you know, you, you've got this idea. Did you then say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go and quit my job and, sure, let me, and yeah, I'll tell thing? you a little, yeah, let me tell you a little bit about the story then. Um, so I actually, it was almost exactly that. Um, I, uh, when I realized, so like I said, I went out looking for a solution. I was doing consulting work for a company at the time. So it was, uh, I, I, I was fortunate at that moment in time. I wasn't stuck. I wasn't positioned in this kind of, you know, uh, I wasn't getting part of payroll as part of a company employed. I was actually working for myself as a consultant on, on this particular project. And, um, and that was in early, that would have been all late 2008. And then by early 2009, it was at the point where I had realized that, you know, I talked to another, you know, a dozen marketers that I knew and it was like, okay, I'm onto something here. They, they have this pain, they can't solve it. Um, and then I went out to do, I guess what we call today customer development. But, uh, before I went out and, you know, I was kind of, I had this hunch that I was onto something, but I, I really want to go out and kind of really prove it to myself before I, you know, quit every, everything I was doing, making money to actually, you know, uh, try to get this thing built. So I spent uh, in early 2009 just doing, I used, I remember using Facebook ads, targeting marketing uh, in Facebook, the advertising platform, you could actually target uh, ads for people who specific uh, job titles. So I, I came up with a survey and I, you know, the ads, you know, are you, do you have trouble making landing pages? Click here and learn or, you know, and I had a survey and I asked, you know, I posted, I did the advertising, built a survey and survey gizmo. And I remember I had, I had uh, 42 responses with people who actually gave me an email address or a phone number to write them or call them to discuss the pain they were having. Uh, so I reached out, I, you know, I, I wanted to talk to people that weren't my network, you know, like your friends and your family will all, you know, will always say, oh yeah, good idea, go do it. But complete strangers. And that, to me, that was some really good validation that this pain was was quite universal. And armed with that, I started doing some research, uh, realizing there wasn't much out there in in you know in the market in a kind of an SMB market. Uh, you know, I looked at my strengths and and uh, I looked at the products that I did like, and one of the things they had in common was you know the self service model. I really like that as opposed to a, you know a building something then hire a big sales team trying to sell it. Uh, I had no experience there, so where we could capitalize on my, you know, my design background and um, to focus on something that could be self serve and uh, and in the SMB market. So it all kind of started to make sense and uh, really started to pull it together. And on uh, June twenty second of two thousand and nine, I I uh, and after realizing, I, I remember my apartment was just full of sticky notes on every wall, everything from you know you know, what the product must look like, what it needs to achieve, uh, you know, who we might bring in, uh, you know, as early founders. And I realized this was going to be a, you know, pretty big project. So I, uh, on June the 22nd, I, I had, uh, invited what would become the future founding team to lunch. 
And uh, they were all guys I had worked with at some point or another in my career, all had a wide variety of skill sets. And uh, I pitched them the idea. And uh, by on August 14th, so about two months later, we were in my apartment incorporating the company and writing our first lines of code. And uh, we put up our blog that day. Uh, they had all pretty much uh, dropped everything they were doing. And we went on this journey. And that's where it all began. How did you figure out using Facebook ads um, to to basically do these sort of customer development interviews? Um, you know, this this was before the the whole kind of lean startup movement, and yeah. So, how did you figure this stuff out? I don't know. Uh, I you know, I I, I might have said to somebody, uh, you know, I need to reach other marketers, and somebody might have pointed to me, hey, you know. Facebook allows you to run advertising where you can target people by job title. And I was like, exactly what I need. Thank you. And I think I just, that's how I probably learned about it. How much did it cost you to run those ads? You know, I don't think it was very much. I get asked that question. Uh, I've been asked that question before, but and I want to say it was, I might've spent a couple of hundred dollars. It really wasn't a lot of money to validate, you know, to get this, you know, I think I that plus the survey. In fact, I think even the survey Gizmo or Survey Monkey I used. It was one of the other. Uh, I, I think I, I got. I was able to use that for free. Um, you know, and I want to say I, I definitely spent less than two hundred dollars. And then, so once you had these email addresses, mm -hmm. how did you? What did you ask these people? Um, well, if if they. How do they go about getting landing pages made? Is landing pages important to them? So actually, this is the survey would have had this information. So I was pre-qualifying. If people didn't think, marketers didn't think landing pages were important, they didn't use them. Um, you know, I think I asked them why. But I was really interested in the ones that said, we know they're important, but they're really expensive or time-consuming to get done. And our IT department is uncooperative. And, uh, you know, just who are... So then I'd reach and then I, I wanted to just see what they were looking for. And I, and I hear the story. I, I, you know, I'd get on the phone or I'd get an email. It's just, and they'd all say, all I need, all we need is this little tool we could use. Um, yeah. So that was, you know, so I was looking for people who actually really understood that they were leaving money on the table by not using landing pages and, you know, and felt that pain. So I really wanted to understand, um, you know, what a solution looked like for them. And actually, I want to validate whether the pain was real. There's no point of going out and quitting your job and going down this path of building something if if the pain isn't really universal. Uh, so that was, you know, confirm the pain was real for everyone who kind of, oh, everyone like me, marketers and um, who are doing online advertising. Uh, you know, there definitely, there was a real measurable amount of pain. You see, most people, or I'd say most geeks, would have probably gone out and spent six to 12 months building something and then gone out and, and maybe talked to somebody, right? Or maybe put up a landing page. And you know, and, I get, and I get asked that too. And I, and, I, and I think the reason why I'm not a developer. So in order for me to go, I actually had to go out and I had to find a way to validate this without, well, I couldn't prototype it and I couldn't get, um, you know, I'm not going to get, you know, some really smart people to spend some time on this if there's no validation whatsoever. So I really needed to go out and find a way to validate this without 
building something because I'm, I'm not a developer. So that was my approach was to get feedback from other marketers who were in eventually our target market. And, uh, yeah. Okay. So you, you got together with these, um, Mm co-founders, the guys who became your co-founders and pitched this idea to them. Did you have, um, a clear idea of what that product should look like? Uh, or were you still at the stage of there's an opportunity here? People are telling me they need something. I had a fuzzy idea. I, you know, even, yeah, I kind of had an idea. Like I said, I, I, I started this saying I needed something that was self-service that it would be easy to use for someone like me. So it, you know, it couldn't require any coding or it, it, it really needed to be as easy to use as PowerPoint. And that's what we kind of, that was the kind of the mandate. And then we knew how to build a landing page. We knew what most landing pages looked like and what are the elements. So it needed to have, you know, the ability to put some imagery. It needed to have the ability to have some big headlines and it needed the buttons and clicks. It needed forms, though the very first version of Unbounce didn't even have forms. Uh, the one we first version we went to market with, but you know, we knew that these things would be required. And, um, so there was, yeah, we kind of had an idea, but we, that was about as far as it went. One one of the things I will say, uh, early on was, uh, can can you imagine unbounced today without AB testing? I mean, uh, but early on the first version, that wasn't the pain we went out. Well, actually, first version. When when I did the customer development, it was in my eye, in my head, it was, well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll build this builder and then we'll integrate with uh, Google Website Optimizer, which is free and marketers can use that. So the idea of actually building A-B testing into Unbounce didn't actually come about until we, I think we actually might have already started building it when I started getting feedback from marketers saying, actually, visual website optimizer is really, really hard to use, and we need to go our developers to use it. So therefore, defeats the whole purpose. So we, yeah, so, you know, it, it definitely evolved a bit. And, but, you know, we understood we needed to solve this pain. We needed to do it in a way that would be self-service. It had to had some certain key elements to it. But what, you know, I, you know, I didn't have the whole product sketched out in, in wireframes, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. How did you go about building the first version of the product? Did, did you, you know, did you bring on people who could do that kind of work yeah. or did you have so to hire developers? Team, yeah, the founding team, uh, there were, uh, there's six of us in total, uh, three engineers, uh, and uh, uh, one uh, one of the other partners looked after the kind of the operations of the business. Uh, one looked after, and then Ollie, who looked after. I said the day we found the company, we put up our blog, and I can talk a little bit about that and why we did that. But um, yes, yeah, so we had three engineers focused on three different areas of the product. One and one who's our CTO today looked after the platform that this would all sit on. Uh, one of the engineers focused on the application environment and one focused on the, which included the AB testing engine and one focused on the, you know, the WYSIWYG drag and drop editor. And okay. yeah, they, the three of them worked on this. We went from, uh, we went from 
I guess, founding the company in August of 2009 to early 2010, uh, we had a really rough beta that people could actually go in, add an image, edit some text, and uh, put a, a button. Were you guys all working on the business full-time during that period? Yes. So how were you funding the business? Uh, credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> bank accounts uh yeah we bootstrapped it until uh early 2010 we raised some once we actually had a uh i think we were in beta or we were we were either in beta or just about to launch and we raised kind of like some friends and family former colleagues uh we all pulled pulled some capital together and that got us from uh, I guess launched to some sort of profitable, self-sustaining, and then soon after we raised a, a, a small venture round with a, a syndicate of, of investors. So it's you know Eric Rees could do a case study on you guys, right? Just in terms of sort of like a textbook case study on on how to go and do customer development, customer validation? We certainly, uh, yeah, I mean, we did. It's funny, when I read the, reading the Lean Startup, and actually I've had the opportunity to meet Eric and talk a bit, and so much about that book, uh, reading it, I was, hey, that's what we, we did that. <laughs> we didn't really know what we were doing. We just, you know, the thing was, it's like, Again, I, I think it goes back to the fact that I wasn't a developer and I needed a way to validate these ideas and the pain without actually building something. And then, and then when, we, um, when it came to building something, we knew we had to get something to market really quick uh, because we didn't have a lot of capital. We didn't have a lot of runway. There's only, you know, line of credits only go so far. And uh, we really needed to uh, get something out to market and really start generated uh revenue really quick and none of us were ex google it's not like we 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 weren't you know this wasn't this was all the first time we've done this so we didn't have any we we didn't even know what a vc was <laughs> seriously i mean uh the whole idea of raising venture capital i mean up especially here in vancouver it's not like we've grown up in this environment where oh you come up with this great idea and you go talk to this firm or that firm or you know if you're You've, you, if you're lucky enough to, you know, have a huge success previously, it's it's a lot easier. And, and none of us came from that, so we just knew we had to that we couldn't risk or afford building anything that wouldn't be valuable. So we worked with our customers actually uh, really early on in the beta, and it was clunky, and there was no way that, that you know, they, in a lot of ways, not usable. But then, you know, over a few weeks. Then, you know, customers say, hey, I'm going to run a campaign or is that okay? And then, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, they weren't even customers yet because they weren't paying. And, uh, yeah, I think it was at uh, some point in uh, early summer of 2010, one of, our cust- one of our users said, you know what? I'd pay for this at this point. And it was like, boom, pricing page went up and <laughs> plugged in recurly and, uh, and uh, away we went. And, uh, and I think in our fir- first month, we had – for paying customers. This was back in when, 2010? That was in 2010. Okay. So looking back at those early days, what do you think was one of the biggest mistakes that you made? Hmm. 
trying to do too much for trying to be a bit of everything to everybody. Let me elaborate a bit. And this goes back to unrelenting razor focus. In the early days, actually, when we when I originally envisioned Unbounce, I always said, you know, Unbounce, it'll be $100 a month. Marketers have no, you know, they'll put a credit card down, pay for it. But when we actually came out with a product, when we when we were coming live, it was like the pricing at the last minute. It's like, no, 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 we need cheaper pricing. And, you know, and then we had a $10 plan, a $25 plan, you know, all that. So we were, and then marketing and, hey, you just need, a, if you just need to get a web page up, you can use Unbounce and cost you 10 bucks a month. Um, so there was a bit of that, definitely on that end, and but all equally as important, we you know we stopped a lot of cycles to take on you know Corel phones us up or a bigger brand. Hey, we like what you're doing, but if if we had this this and this, or if you can build some landing pages for us, we'll pay you. And that you know from these bigger companies, and so all this stuff is attractive early on, but it really is is it just a as I like to say an attractive distraction from what you're really trying to do. And we fumbled about for about a year, uh, you know, taking calls from big companies and um, realizing at some point, so yeah, taking calls from big companies and, you know, having meetings. Well, if we only built this feature, we could get this company and maybe we could just hire a salesperson who's going to go out and, uh, you know, I just wasted time. And then the same on the, on the low end, uh, you know, we, we get people who'd phone us up and, you know, I, phone us up six times because they don't know they don't know how to use their computer but they know they need a web page and uh they we finally get them there and then it's like well they need help with marketing and then they churn two months later um when we at some point um stopped taking calls from enterprise companies or you know having that knee-jerk reaction there and saying no we, you you can be on board the same way as everybody else and when we dumped our ten and twenty five dollar plans and really stayed focused on the marketer, uh, the business just started to improve. Uh, revenue took off. We, you know, the problem actually, and then from a functionality point of view, you know, a, a lot of the people who wanted to, you know were paying us ten dollars a month, they wanted us to integrate with Facebook, while customers who were paying us a hundred wanted us to integrate with AdWords. Well, we're <laughs> just. So just you get a lot of you really got to focus on you know you pick your pick your persona or your you know your profile of your ideal customer and go after them and don't get distracted by by you know the the bottom of the market or the top of the market or where you know or some place that because you can't do everything and we still can't do you know we still can't do everything if uh, you know the needs of somebody an enterprise somebody who's calling you up and you know want some of your attention their needs are going to be probably a lot different than somebody who's you know just needs one web page and is willing to pay ten dollars a month and they're going to have different needs and you can't satisfy both so you really got to pick your so give me one example of a particular situation where you guys kind of maybe pursued an opportunity and then in hindsight look back and said wow that was a waste of time uh a 25 dollar price plan we had we had it for years. Well, we had it probably for for the first, uh, I guess, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, early two thousand and twelve. We we actually got cohort analysis. Uh, here was another thing, and then someone realized on average, our twenty five dollar price plans churn after four months. So they pay us about a hundred dollars on average. It costs us one hundred and twenty, one hundred and fifty dollars to acquire a customer. 
and it was just like the light bulb went off and it was just like, take that pricing off right now. And we did. And it was just the metrics. And then, you know, we just, it all works. Like the math starts to work out after a while. So uh, definitely uh, not measuring and uh, holding to a belief that, because we'd see lots of volume on the $25 plans, you know, we'd get dozens of trial starts every day. And some of, you know, many of those would turn into customers. So we just saw all this volume, but we actually didn't do the analysis uh, of, you know, who's actually sticking with us. So, so today it's like, we're really kind of focused on that, that professional marketer, they're paying us between a hundred and $200 a month. Uh, they have, you know, low churn rate, stay with us for a long time. And the questions when they do call us, they're actually really, uh, you know, they're really challenging us to kind of really push the limits of the product. And, um, yeah, so we, we really stayed, uh, that was definitely one area that was a mistake. And, and likewise, on the other side, we spent some time with, you know, we used to spend time with big, you know, big brands that call and say, listen, we want to speak with your CEO, you know, the CEO and the CTO. And, uh, you know, you'd have three calls with them. They'd want to do NDAs and, and it's just, but then they'd never adopt. Uh, and today what we found looking back on all that, that was a waste of time. But today we treat everyone the same. So if, uh, you know, big enterprise fortune 500 company, uh, calls us up, we, we tell them this and we know we don't sign NDAs. You can't talk to the CEO. Uh, cause that just doesn't, it's not going to work. We're just not equipped for that. So, uh, and nine times out of 10, they sign up anyway and use the product just like everybody else. And that's what we've learned. So that's interesting. So you, you had a lower price point plan because you thought that that would attract more customers. And yes. when you took that away and charged more for the product, mm-hmm. you had people actually sticking around for longer. The revenue went up. The revenue went up. And, <clears throat> and presumably that was because the price point was doing a better job at targeting the people that you really wanted to attract towards this product. That is correct. So even though the volume of accounts went down a little, the value per customer went up. So I'm going to say probably around the time when we made the switch and dumped the sub $50 plans. And even today we kind of really focused that $50 a month plan towards kind of startups or early stage companies um, but sub, when we dropped all those plans, I think our average revenue per customer per month was sitting at around $30. Uh, today it's around 80. Wow. So the light, the value of the customer has increased, uh, significantly. And what's important though, uh, it allowed us from a support, our success team, uh, we realized when we're going to have a hard time scaling this team because it costs so much to give this support to these lower plans. Um, And we want to give a great experience. We're trying to build a great brand and you can't do that by not providing great support. Uh, So by eliminating those plans, thus eliminating a big portion of our support burden, our team was now able to go from moving from being reactive to actually being proactive. And now, actually, the team is now divided into four key areas in educating and onboarding and technical support. And they do a much better job today than they would have ever had been able to. Um, 
we're able to afford to offer some really great support today because we just don't have the support burden that we had when we had those lower plans. Um, yeah. So you had this idea, you turned that eventually into a product and then launched it as a, as a paid product and, and you had you, your four paying customers in the first mm-hmm. month. What, let's talk a little bit about what you did to uh, acquire more customers. I, I'm interested in talking about maybe one marketing strategy that you used, which turned out to be pretty successful. And let's talk about one, which maybe, you know, you looked in hindsight was, was a waste of time or, or maybe just was, was just too expensive for you to acquire customers that way. Uh, well, I'll start with that sales, a sales team. So early on we, you know, we've, we, you know, we'd always be an approach, Hey, you know, uh, hire me and I can sell this to bigger clients. And, and again, it just, it was a, that was a distraction, but it also didn't work because what the bigger clients always wanted was, you know, they actually, the, the sale, we actually hired, we've done it. We did it twice where we hired somebody. I brought somebody in on a trial to do sales and they said, you know, we're going to open, I'm going to open my Rolodex. And they came back and said, well, actually I can't sell this until you have this, 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 and this. And, uh, and, and in each scenario, every client was almost different. And, um, so for us, that was definitely not a channel. What we did do very well though. Um, one of the things we recognized early on is that we weren't entering a market. There was no un, there was no landing page platform market that we were just coming into with a better or faster or different product. So we had to hire our customers go to find it. It's not like they're look you know searching on Google for landing page platform, you know, because they didn't exist. Uh, so what we did day one is our blog, and we figured the only way we're going to get really good some good traction is we got to get in. A, we got to make it easy for customers or people who have this pain or are interested in A-B testing and landing pages and conversion rate optimization. we got to make it easy for them to find us. And two, we need to get people who are in the space, the thought leaders in the space, talking about the, us. We need to get them on board. We need to build allies. Uh, so we focused on the blog. In fact, one of the first, one of the co-founders wasn't an engineer, was actually a marketer who wrote and by the time, you know, in the first, even before we had unbounced, the product came out, we probably had a hundred blog posts and they were really, he focused on quality. And so that people were actually reading this stuff and saying, this is actually really good and sharing it. Uh, and then, so to date, that's actually still a high quality, really, you know, just really good, uh, content is something we focused on. Uh, so the, the, you know, we've evolved. So the blog is where it started, but then it was the eBooks and, uh, you know, we, we don't forget most, you know, most people still aren't on Twitter. They use email. So, and that's something we learned that, you know, asking somebody for an email address to download your, an eBook on, you know, the ultimate guide to whatever, and, uh, it works. And if they're interested in this subject matter, they will, you know, you can send them a, you know, a trial to come and take a look at your product. And there's a good chance they'll be interested. So for us, it was always been around content. We, we've not had success around sales. We've not had success with performance. So any kind of paid advertising, uh, we've not been successful there, though yet, uh, just as we speak, we're actually trying it yet again. 
Uh, it seems to come down to content as something we've done really, really well. So let's let's talk about the paid advertising because I hear a lot of companies um, or startups talking about, you know, the the paid advertising route doesn't really work for us. And often I think it can be a question of, you know, do do they really have the expertise to be able to effectively run paid advertising campaigns? Now mm-hmm. you're a marketer, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about from your perspective why that hasn't worked for you. I think for us, at least today, we haven't found a way to make make the cost work. Uh, we're, we're just not. We just and actually, interestingly enough, so uh, we just ran a test campaign. Oh, what did they tell me? I think we got one acquisition after spending about sixteen hundred dollars. Now wow. that's not really good ROI. Uh, especially, like I say, right now it costs us on average about $150 to acquire a customer. So we're, we're, we're way off here and we've got somebody working on this stuff. Um, and what we've, what we did find before that we're, we're just restarting this again. We're, we're, we're determined to get in here and try it. But what we did find the last time we did it and, uh, and once we eventually found, you know, the right things that were working for us at the time and got our cost of acquisition down, it wasn't actually even attracting a really good customer. Interesting. Um, yeah. So we, uh, so that, you know, for us, that's, that's all I can say there. I, you know, I don't know why that is. Um, whereas I do know other businesses that actually are just killing it with, you know, advertising, like paid advertising. And it's one of their largest channels. Uh, in fact, I get, you know, entrepreneurs coming to us quite often one looking for advice on, you know, they've grown their business to date on some paid channels and now are looking to some kind of more softer channels like say content marketing and are, you know, asking for some advice around that. So, you know, I, I don't know why we've never, it's never really worked for us. Well, you know, I, I know from a price point of view, it's never worked, but I don't know why it's been more expensive, uh, significantly more expensive for us to actually really be competitive on the, kind of the paid advertising piece. Now, one thing I, I also wanted to ask you was about starting a business with with six co-founders. Now, this is probably a question you've been asked before. You know, how did you guys make decisions, right? It just seems like too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, there's definitely some of that. There was, you know, we all had our, we've had some moments, uh, it would have never worked had we never uh, worked together before. I guess I'd say. I mean, every single one of us were connected some way. Some, of, in fact, most of the team I had known for ten years um, or more. So, uh, and you know, we had a lot of our. You know, we already had you know blowouts and big fights previously, so <laughs> we were used to that. So that made things a lot easier. That's for sure. Uh, but it was challenging. You know, I, I you know, I, I sometimes uh, I like to say the best thing, you know, uh, starting the business, it was uh, the the, uh, the best thing about Unbounce is that it had six co-founders and the worst thing about Unbounce is that it had six co-founders. <laughs> but I will say, there's no doubt in my mind that with it, had we not taken the approach we did, you know, in bringing us all together to do this, there wouldn't be, Unbounce would not be here today. Uh, it was such a, a big undertaking that was, 
that we just never had, you know, never had the capital or anything to go and just hire a bunch of people at the time. Uh, it, it, yeah, it would have never worked. So it was uh, definitely a lot of challenges. It's, uh, you know, think of family life. It's, you know, brothers and sisters. <laughs> it's kind of, th- kind of think of it like that, you know. It's, uh, but, you know, you get through it. Yeah, you know, you 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 get through it, and you 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 try to do your best to make decisions that are in the best interest of the company, or you know, the the, the six of you in our case, the six of us in our case, uh, in the early days. At what and, point did you take on the CEO role? Uh, uh, I guess day one. It was uh, yeah. Okay, so you 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 guys already created some kind of structure and sort of like a decision-making sort of framework yeah, as opposed yeah, to yeah. let's just all sort of jointly make every decision. Oh, yeah, correct. I mean, and sometimes that, you know, it's, yes, uh, yes, and we, we had the structure. We generally all had our expertise in our area of focus. But uh, that said, it, it didn't always, you know, there were contentious issues that would come up where, you know, the six of us would get together and people would want to vote, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but we, you know, we all had our, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. So we, and, um, you know, in, in the early days that we, we fumbled around that a little bit, but over time we kind of, we found what we were good at and where, where we actually had some really good, uh, you know, some valuable insights to bring to the table and, and, uh, and other areas where we just learned to be quiet on an issue. Cause yeah, so we just, it, it, it's not easy, but, uh, you know, building a business isn't easy no matter how you go about it. So, uh, you know, we had our own unique set of challenges because it was, you know, six pretty opinionated co-founders. Uh, but I'm sure the, you know, the alternative would have been equally, if not more challenging. Okay, Rick. So we started this conversation by talking about where the idea for Unbounce came from. And then we've taken this journey together on on how you guys turned that idea into a successful product. Let's talk about the business today. What's what sort of revenue are you, are you guys doing? We're doing about okay. We ended November. Oh, sorry, November. We ended October with about seven thousand five hundred customers that generated six hundred and twenty thousand uh, monthly recurring revenue in U.S. dollars. So that works out to about an average revenue per customer of about eighty dollars. We're growing uh, that rate. Uh, you know, revenue is growing at about uh, seven, seven, eight percent, seven percent a month, six, seven percent a month, uh, depending on the quarter. Uh, we're we're getting close to the thank U.S. Thanksgiving and holiday season, so things are starting to slow down a bit. But uh, uh, you know, we'll double this year. We doubled. We did better than double last year. Um, we're uh, yeah, we great margins. We're profitable. Uh, we're uh, 76 employees today uh, across two offices. Main office here in Vancouver, where I think there are about 70 of us, 68 of us here. And then we have a Montreal office where we have half our marketing team. And so I think there's, and uh, our East Coast success team. So I think there's eight, uh, eight in the Montreal office. What's the one thing? in your business that you're most excited about right now? What's, what does the future of Unbounce look like in the next year or so? You know what excites me right now is the culture that we've created. 
uh, it was one of the fears that we had. And it's one of the, you know, when I talk to other entrepreneurs who have, you know, who are in businesses that are a few heads, uh, years ahead of us. And I, I said, you know, you look back on that, you, you know, that growth stage, you know, what advice do you have for me? And one of the things they almost unanimously said, you know, just be careful of the culture. Just keep an eye on that. Be careful how you grow. Don't just throw bums in seats. Go the extra mile to make sure you hire really special people and they'll take care of the business. They'll all, you know, and I think we've done that really well in this last 18 months of, you know, 18 months ago, I think we were less than 20 employees. So, uh, you know, we've grown really fast and, uh, you know, we've had very, very little churn, uh, in terms of employees and they are actually reaching, you know, they're shaping what unbounce is going to be, you know, 18, 24 or five, you know, three, four years from now. Uh, and I, that's what I actually, I'm super excited about that. I, I, it's what I love coming into work and just watching the, you know, watching the team work and grow the business. It's uh, time for our lightning round. I'm going to ask you a series of questions and I'd like you to answer them as quickly as you can. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Yeah. okay. What's the best piece of business advice that you ever received? Uh, treat company money like it's coming out of your own pocket. So be very, be frugal. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? Uh, well, if you haven't read it, The Lean Startup. What's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur? Uh, create something that's really important to a lot of people. Hopefully they can make money at it. What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? Uh, sticky notes. If I can't get my idea down on one sticky, uh, it's too complicated. So simplify it. I love that one. If you had to start over tomorrow, how would you go about finding that next business opportunity? Uh, talk to your target market. Talk to, you know, talk to future customers. What's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? Uh, an interesting or fun fact about me that most people don't know. Oh, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. <laughs> and finally, what is one of your most important passions outside of your work? And I think you may have already told me this. Yeah, gardening. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. All right. Great answers. Rick, I want to thank you for joining me today and, and sharing your experiences and insights. And thank you for letting us get to know you a little better personally as well. Now, if folks want to find out more about Unbounce, they can go to unbounce.com. Mm -hmm, and correct. if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, you, you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Perot, uh, or you can send me an email, Rick at Unbounce. Uh, happy to chat. Awesome. Rick, thanks again, and I wish you continued success. All right. Thanks, Omar. Cheers.